the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. In ancient times, that's just basically, in other words, look, look like you normally do. They would use oil to, you know, as kind of like hair gel kind of a deal, right? And so they would, and they'd make themselves look nice. And so he says, don't, don't disfigure yourself so everybody can figure out that you're fasting. He says, you're doing this unto the Lord. So go ahead and do your regular routine. Put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who was unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Isaiah. As Pastor Gary will point out in today's message, the way Jesus addresses fasting is an expected part of every believer's life. It's not talked about in the sense of if you fast, but when you fast. While not fasting is better than fasting for your own personal glory and pride, the best practice would be to fast in the way that Jesus admonished us to. It should be done out of a desire to experience God more fully and as a private demonstration between your heart and His. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, as he continues his message, Soul Fattening, the Discipline of Fasting. In the Bible, Jesus is is portrayed as like the groom, and we are like the bride, and he loves us and died for us and sacrificed for us. So Jesus says here, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? Then he adds, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Okay, Jesus will die, he will rise again, and then he will send back into heaven. And that's where Jesus is right now, presently at the right hand of the Father. There will come a time when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. And Jesus speaks of it as it's an expected thing, because when he's not physically in their presence with the disciples, and and since he's not physically in our presence, because he's now ascended back into heaven, then there is this need that we have to seek him, and, and the way that we seek him is through prayer, but then there can be this added intensity of seeking him through fasting. And Jesus says, when the bridegroom's taken away, then they will fast. He expects it. And he rewards it. If you're in Matthew's gospel, go back a a few chapters to chapter 6 and verses 16 to 18. Uh, Jesus is speaking about fasting here in this passage. and And he begins by saying this, when you fast, notice not if, 
There's an assumption that Jesus believes that his followers will at times fast. So he doesn't say if, he says when. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, again, not if, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now, in, in ancient times, that's just basically, in other words, look, look like you normally do. They would use oil to, you know, as kind of like hair gel kind of a deal, right? And so they would, and they'd make themselves look nice. And so he says, don't, don't disfigure yourself so everybody can figure out that you're fasting. He says, you're doing this unto the Lord. So go ahead and do your regular routine. Put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So in in Jesus' own words, he communicates, though it's not required, it's not commanded, it's desired, it's expected, and it will be rewarded. Now, let me just throw this in, because I think it's important to say as a medical disclaimer, there are some people who can't fast, particularly people who struggle with diabetes or uh, pregnant women. It's not advisable for some people. And so if in doubt, you need to consult your medical doctor because, you know, again, it's not required, so don't feel like this is obligatory. And so you need to make sure that you are physically able to fast before before you do this. Uh, But if you are able to fast, there are some benefits to fasting, and I'm going to share just five uh, that, uh, that I see throughout Scripture. Five benefits to fasting. And here's the first one. There's a freeing benefit when we fast. Uh, If you have your Bible still at Isaiah 58, I want to point out verse 6. And if you don't have it there, just listen. Here's what verse 6 says of Isaiah 58. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Colon. And then God is going to explain, here's the type of fast that I've chosen. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. That's Isaiah 58, 6. And in in that one verse, you see several different phrases, I think there's four actually, that have to do with this emphasis on being free. Loose the chains, untie the cords, set free the oppressed, break every yoke. You see that in that language there, God is deliberately choosing these words to explain that part of the benefit of fasting is there's this freeing aspect. There's the breaking of things. There's the loosening of something that, that has us bound. And sometimes there are sin strongholds in our lives that take us captive. Patterns or addictions, things that, that hold us captive in our flesh that need to be broken. Listen, even Christians need to understand this. When a Christian gets saved, your spirit is regenerated, but your flesh is not. That's why you get a new body. This body is going to eventually die, return to dust. We get a glorified body because the flesh and the appetites of the flesh, though not all appetites are sinful, but the appetites of the flesh, many of which are sinful, uh, will constantly be warring with our spirit that has been regenerated. So within the same person is this conflict, the spirit that wants to please God, the flesh that wants to please self. And your flesh and my flesh always wants to rule, always. Your flesh always wants to dominate your spirit, always. 
And every Christian needs to understand that the battle is real and the battle will be constant until the day we die and we shed this body of flesh and get a new body and are with the Lord. All right, then those appetites will all be aligned and because we won't have the struggle of the flesh versus the spirit. Until that day, there are certain sin strongholds that many people struggle with. And I've met with enough people over the years of ministry to know that sometimes the best remedy for breaking addictions or sin strongholds is a period of fasting. There is something that happens in our spirit that is strengthened by the denial of food for a limited time while we seek the Lord. There's this benefit, this freeing aspect of fasting that helps to make our spirit more dominant than our flesh. And that's the key in breaking sin stronghold. It's not that the temptations will go away. Those temptations will always be there as long as you're in a body of flesh. But it is to say, what do we need to do to strengthen our spirit so that our spirit is more dominant than our flesh? Answer, in part, fasting. As we fast at different times and seek the Lord, He strengthens our spirit, it fattens our soul, and we have greater victory over our flesh. Number two, we also see a healing benefit in fasting. Here in Isaiah 58, verse 8, it says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing, your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Now, exactly what kind of healing is Isaiah talking about here? Well, it it appears that the Lord is saying to the people of of Isaiah's day that if you turn to me, if you seek me through fasting, and you really incline your hearts to me, then I will deliver you from all the calamities that have afflicted you as a nation. It seems in the context that he's speaking more about national healing if they would turn and seek the Lord. But the Hebrew word here for healing actually translates bandages. It's actually a a particular word in the Hebrew that means surgical bandages, long bandages that are used for binding up those who have an injury of some kind. And so I don't know that the word is limited only to national healing. You know, ultimately, listen, God is our healer. And God desires to bring healing, whether it's national healing, whether it's physical healing, whether it's emotional healing. And sometimes through fasting, we put ourselves in a place where where we are just more, perhaps more faith-filled because we're seeking Him, or or we just now have aligned our hearts in such a way that God then moves in in a more miraculous way in this area. I, I don't know why necessarily, but there's this healing aspect that happens with fasting. And for some of you, you need to be healed of certain emotional things like, like maybe your stronghold is fear, anxieties, um, worry about everything. I encourage you to try fasting and see if, if that'll help break that stronghold of fear in your life. Or maybe there is a physical ailment that, that uh, the Lord desires to heal you and, and fasting facilitates that in some ways. Uh, Because physical healing is a part of it. We see an example in Psalm chapter 35. David is bemoaning to the Lord that his enemies are always at odds with him, always trying to uh, hurt him, intimidate him, uh, and, and all these things. And David says in Psalm 35, he says, you know, Lord, I don't do that to my enemies. He says, in fact, Psalm 35 verse 13, when my enemies were ill, I humbled myself with fasting. On their behalf, he's even praying for his enemies when they are ill. He says he humbles himself with fasting. He seeks the Lord on on behalf of their healing with fasting, Psalm 35, 13. 
And we also see in Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, there's a story many of you are familiar with. When Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, the other nine disciples are down at the foot of the mountain, and this man comes along who has a son who's demon-possessed. And the man asks the disciples if you could heal my son. And they try, and they can't. And Jesus comes down the mountain with the other three disciples, and he sees the commotion. He's like, what's going on here? And, and the dad comes up to Jesus, and he says, I got my son here. He's, he's possessed by a demon. keeps throwing himself in the fire. I asked your disciples uh, if they could heal him, and they could not. You know, I, I imagine that Thomas is standing there going like, yeah, yeah, it's, not, it's never going to work. <laughs> Good old doubting Thomas. Jesus comes along, he's like, oh, how long do I have to put up with this generation? And he heals the boy and delivers him from the demons. And then it says in Mark chapter 9 that his disciples, when Jesus went indoors, they privately asked him, how come we couldn't drive out the demon? And in Mark 9, verse 29, Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, only New King James and King James adds the word fasting after prayer. It is in the Textus Receptus, which are some of the oldest of the New Testament manuscripts, but not every translation adds the word fasting. But it's interesting that Jesus adds fasting there in addition to prayer. Why? Is, is, are there some physical ailments that we just need a more intense seeking of the Lord for? Perhaps. I, I don't know exactly the reason behind it, but Jesus says fasting coupled with prayer sometimes necessary for some of the more serious of our physical ailments. Number three, there's a strengthening benefit. Now, the temptation of Christ, I think, is a great example of this. Jesus spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness of Judea fasting after he was baptized by water. And then it tells us in Luke chapter 4 that on the last day of his feast, he was hung. Uh, uh, sorry, on the last day of his fast, he was hungry, and that's when Satan came to him and tempted him. In Luke 4, verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. He was trying to, Satan's trying to capitalize on, on Jesus' hunger. And in Luke 4, verse 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. And, and so he, Jesus quotes Scripture. Three times Satan tempts him. Three times Jesus responds with Scripture and resists the temptation. What many fail to realize about that story is that Jesus was not at his weakest when Satan came to him. Jesus was at his strongest. Now, no doubt physically he felt perhaps low energy. He felt tired or weak because he hadn't eaten in 40 days. But those 40 days he spent fasting and praying and seeking his father strengthened him such that he was in a place of greater resistance to the temptation that Satan brought his way. Jesus was not at his weakest here. Physically speaking, maybe, but spiritually speaking, he was at his strongest, which again makes the spirit more dominant than the flesh. So there's this strengthening benefit in our lives. Number four, there's a helping benefit to fasting. I'll summarize the events of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The Bible says that the perennial enemies of the Israelites were the Ammonites and the Moabites, and they come as a strong force against the southern kingdom of Judah. The king at the time is Jehoshaphat. And when the news reaches Jehoshaphat that these armies are about to wage war against Judah, he calls the entire nation to a fast. 
because he's alarmed and he's afraid and he needs help from the Lord. And in 2 Chronicles 20, it tells us further down in the chapter that as the nation is fasting, this one guy named Jehaziel rises up and prophesies. And and the thing that he says is, uh, many people are familiar with some of the words, they just don't know where it came from. It came from Jehaziel in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 when he says, for the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not yours but God's. So he says, don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. And he goes on to talk about how God is going to deliver them from the hand of, of of the enemy. And he says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. What happened? They were helped. They sought the Lord through prayer and fasting, and they were helped. They were encouraged. Similar thing happens in Ezra chapter 8. There are different times when the people of of God are allowed to return after 70 years of captivity in Babylon back to the promised land of Israel. One of those groups that returns is led by Ezra. And in Ezra chapter 8, he talks about how at at the Ahava Canal, on the way to Israel, they stopped and he declared a fast because he said, I didn't want to ask the king of Persia, who was so gracious to allow us to return to Israel. I didn't want to ask him to send army with us to protect us along the way. He says, because I had gotten through saying to him, our God is going to protect us. So even in my flesh, I feel a little nervous, like on the journey from Babylon back to Israel, we're liable to get attacked and people are going to rob us. But he said, you know what? I don't want to be a hypocrite to the king of Persia. So what instead I did is I called the people to a time of fast. In Hebrews 8.23, so we fast, sorry, Ezra 8.23, and so we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Are you in trouble and you need the Lord's help? Fast. Is your marriage in trouble and you need the Lord's help? Fast. Are your children in trouble and you need the Lord's help? Fast. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So seek him with prayer and fasting. Last point. There's also a discerning benefit that comes through fasting. In Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, and then the list of names. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Paul's first missionary journey began because God spoke through people and they laid hands on Paul and sent him off. But God spoke to people after they had fasted and worshipped fasted and prayed. And then the word of the Lord came, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me for the work I've called them, Barnabas and Saul. Now, how did that happen? Was there a voice in the room? Probably not. It lists here prophets by name. So probably God just put it on the heart of a prophet. The prophet spoke. This is what the Lord wants us to do. But that wisdom and that discernment and that knowledge came because they were seeking the Lord and in part through worship, prayer, and fasting. Through fasting. And there are many things in our lives that we need wisdom from above concerning, that we need discernment, that we need help to understand. So many people are 
always wanting to know, what is the Lord's will for my life? And what, where should I go? And what should I do? And who should I marry? And what job should I? And all this kind con- We're constantly facing one decision after another. And we constantly are in need of wisdom from above. So, what answer, insight, or discernment do you need from God? Fast. What guidance or direction or wisdom do you need from God? Fast. And let me just share a couple of bullet points as we close here about fasting. A few suggestions. Since fasting is not commanded in the Bible, there are no real specific parameters. And so, just by way of suggestions, first, if you're going to fast, because there are no parameters, you have the discretion. Do you want it to be a day? Do you want it to be a couple of days? Do you want it to be longer? Uh, I've known a few people in my life, I'm not one of them, who fasted for 40 days. Um, I knew a man whose marriage was in real difficulty, and he fasted for 40 days. And I would meet with him once a week through the 40-day fast, and he would go to his doctor once a week through the 40-day fast too, just to make sure uh, everything was okay, and it was. But I've known people who have even done 40-day fasts. Um, The Bible doesn't prescribe it. It just gives different examples. So it it could be a full day, a couple days, longer. It could even be part of a day. Um, There have been times in my life at at different times that, for example, I have fasted breakfast and lunch, and then I've joined the family for dinner. It doesn't have to, you know, be any longer or shorter than what you want it to be. And and I personally, I know people who, who like to substitute, you know, literal physical fasting for other types of fasting. Like I know people like, I'm going to do a a social media fast. Well, okay, Uh, that might be beneficial in general. Somebody should tell the president that too, but I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't really, I don't see that biblically. That might just be something that, you know, there are certain idols that rise up in our lives that we need to just kind of put aside from time to time. But I'm not, I'm not one that says, well, you know, I'm not going to do a physical fast. I'm just going to do like a Social media fast. Okay, well, that might work for you, but, uh, but strictly speaking, uh, I, don't, I don't really see that in, in Scripture. I would also recommend this. Keep yourself hydrated when you fast. Uh, drink water or, or juice. Some people, when I say drink juice, and be like, that's not a strict fast. It's water only. Uh, some people uh, try to do it without any liquid, and then they die. Uh, so, <laughs> you, you know... Um, now, you do, you do see some examples in the Bible of, of that, and, and those are supernatural uh, sustaining works of God, but by, typically, you need to keep yourself hydrated. Uh, don't be surprised if you get a little grumpy, blood sugar drops, that's why I encourage people, orange juice, try to make it so that, you know, uh, people like you, uh, that, that you're hanging around. And, and I got to be honest, you know, when I, when I first tried fasting, I thought, well, as long as it's liquid, it's good to go. Anything I could get in a blender, man, I put in there. You, you'd be surprised how well jelly donuts go in a blender. And uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do, but keep yourself hydrated, water or juice, um, and couple it with prayer when you can. Because after all, fasting is about drawing near to God. It's not a religious ritual. And be discreet about it. There might be times that you have to actually notify somebody, well, I can't join you for lunch. Well, why? And they keep pressing you. Uh, well, okay, I'm just not eating today. I mean, you don't, but to the best of your ability, keep it discreet. God will see it. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, uh, 18. Uh, when you fast, don't make it obvious to people, uh, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who is unseen will see 
what you do in secret and will reward you. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Gary Hamrick's verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah here on Cornerstone Connection. We're glad we're able to bring you these teachings straight from God's Word. But we're even more glad you chose to spend time with us today. We love hearing from our listeners. So please give us a call if you have a moment and tell us how you've been impacted by this ministry. Our phone number here is 703-771-1500. When you call, let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, our number is 703-771-1500. If you missed any part of this broadcast or would like to explore more of Pastor Gary's teachings as he's been working his way through the Bible, we invite you to visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. Our entire archive is available there along with companion study resources. Just look under the teachings tab. You can also download our mobile app to connect with scripture whenever and wherever you happen to be. There's a link to that under the teaching tab or search for Cornerstone Chapel in your app store. If you're in the Leesburg area, you're invited to join us at Cornerstone Chapel for our weekly services. You'll find more information at cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all we have time for in today's study of Isaiah. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Connection.